Hi, I'm Uma. And I'm Parisa, and welcome back to our podcast, Two Bookish Girls. Today we're going to be reviewing and discussing Percy Jackson and the Titan's Curse by Rick Riordan. Ba-dum-bum! Okay, so that so, was really bad sound effects. So I know. Those were really bad sound effects. But I I don't know why we are, we're reviewing this now. We should have reviewed it right after Sea of Monsters. But, but I think we just kind of wanted to do things differently. We are, I don't I don't know. We're thinking outside of the box. Um, it would make more sense to go in order with the series, but we decided to do Wishing Spell kind of like in the middle of it. You know, we just did. We we, so, we do things sometimes. It, it is what it is. So you do, do, mm, that stupid vine. Kids used to stay at my school all the time, every two minutes. It is what it is. It yeah, is that, that pops into is. my head a lot. Um, You know, it was definitely all the boys in math class every two minutes. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. Okay, so moving on to the summary. Percy, Annabeth, and Talia. Let me take one second to talk about Talia. I love Talia. Talia's awesome. She's literally, she's fun. She's such a baddie. And I ship Talia and Reyna so much. Uh, It's canon, you know. It is. so, I love it. Because, okay, I'm going to say this for the 18th time, but... Rick Riordan does such a good job with diversity, and it isn't even, like, forced diversity, and everything, like, makes sense. That's why I love the Percy Jackson series so much. And Talia, honestly, like, she was too good for a male. She was, like, such... There's just... Literally, she didn't even need a partner, but, like, her you know, and Reyna you know makes so somebody much who sense. didn't need a partner? Clarice, but apparently... Clarice... I mean, well, good for her. I mean, like, good not for that her she all, can't be a strong woman. But, like, without... I don't understand why everyone needs a partner. Yeah, not everybody needs to be, like, divvied up, Rick. But, like, like Rachel, Elizabeth Dare, I get, but she didn't have to... N- not everyone had to be in love with Percy, okay? I know we say that, and we hate people who say Percy are ugly. Percy. <laughs> Percy, Percy are ugly. <laughs> when Percy are ugly. Yep. Okay, so, as you know, Thalia, you know, her tree was poisoned... But at the end of Sea of Monsters, she kind of came back to life. I mean, she was never really dead, but like, yeah, she was kind of just. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you didn't read the book. So I'm assuming you read the book. Yeah. Okay. So as I was saying, Percy, Annabeth, and Thalia go to Westover Hall to meet Grover, and they take, uh, and to take Nico and Bianca to Camp Half Blood. So Nico and Bianca are basically the two new. Um, half bloods that we kind of discover in this series. I don't know. Why I called it half blood. That's Harry Potter, but uh, I mean it, they are. They're we we were we were. Oh my! What I can't talk today. We refer to them as demigods most of the time, but but they are half bloods. Yeah. So they find Nico and Bianca, and when I read the books the first time, Uma was like, "Oh my god, you have to look out for Nico. I love Nico." And then I was like, I haven't met Nico. And this was after and I'm like, I read well, it. Well, I was like, no, well, Nico is the best character, so look out for him. And I just awesome. didn't connect the dots from this Nico to the Nico she was talking about, I guess. And so I was like, oh, look, a Nico. I wonder when I'm going to meet the other Nico. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was like, you're so dumb. <laughs> okay, yeah, anyway. Okay, Talia. Okay. okay. Talia kind of manipulates the mist. Westover Hall is, I think it's a school. So Thalia can has the ability to manipulate the mist, so um, she could trick um, the teachers over there that they that they go to the school, and she does for most of the people, but it doesn't work on the vice principal, Doctor Thorne, which is kind of a weird name. 
Yeah, I was like, Dr. Thorne. <laughs> Dr. Thorne. That's definitely a name. Interesting. That's definitely... So Dr. Thorne is a vice principal, but little did they know that he's a manticore in disguise. Yeah, so a lot of these, like we've said, monsters tend to attack these demigods. And yeah, just they, do they tend to attack them? They just, like, you know, their yeah. lives are just, lives are just always in danger all the time. Whatever. Yep. Um, okay. Unless they're at Camp Half-Blood, where they're probably still in danger. Yeah, they're just always. This is why they. This is why you don't live past twenty. Maybe you should drop the bright orange T-shirts. Get something a little more. I always have a bone to pick with those bright orange T-shirts. Okay, so Percy is poisoned when Doctor Thorne throws a thorn at him because <laughs> he's a manticore, and um. So basically, they they kind of like it was like okay, we're gonna take you down, and then he's poisoned when he throws a thorn at him. So he's just like. Okay, I'm too weak to fight now, so I better listen to you then. Yeah. So, um, um, he talks about the great stirring or the awakening of dangerous monsters. Yeah. So like, this kind Hold of on. What is progresses this? throughout the story, as you probably know this already. The last Olympians when it ends, there there's a whole whole fight breaks out. Yeah. Okay, so the hunters of Artemis, Grover and Annabeth, help to fight the Manticore and kind of bring Percy back. And well not they're not bringing percy back from anywhere but they kind of i thought the manticore kind of had him i mean he kind of but he was they were just he was just kind of like wounded yeah okay whatever okay (laughs) sorry um but i when i meant bring percy back i was like he's like the manticore just help 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 him out Yeah. yeah okay sorry um but like while everyone's fighting annabeth jumps on his back and he jumps off a cliff with Annabeth on his back. And, and I'm just, I and thought, I, I just was like, like, no. I thought Annabeth died, but then I was like, she, Annabeth wouldn't die in not, such an anticlimactic way. He's not going to kill off Annabeth, period. So, yeah, because also a lot of people literally read the series for Annabeth. And uh, I was one of those people. Like, I love Percy and everything, but I feel like if, if Annabeth died, that would kind of be interesting just because I want to see how Percy kind of dealt dealt with the for some weird reason i just didn't want to read the series and my friends kept being like hey yeah i had such a prejudice towards the series i was like oh my god (laughs) why do you say it like that i don't know i just didn't wanna no i I never had any um prejudice (laughs) prejudice yeah this is bullying i was it's fun I was never biased to any... Okay, never mind. I take that back. I was very biased towards Harry Potter. But I was reluctant to read the series for some weird reason. But my friends are like, hey, you should read it. And I'm like, okay. So I finally picked it up. And I didn't know what I was missing. I had no idea what I was missing. So I'm really glad I decided to pick up the first She book. got me into it. I was just really bored in quarantine. So I was like, okay, well, I guess. In quarantine, I just had this giant reading marathon and i I haven't been able to read as much as i did before but now i'm kind of like in a reading slump i guess yeah but before i used to read so so much it was like actually literally like a month ago i was just like okay read 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 but now i'm just like oh should i read yeah i have an issue now i just read like fan fiction watch anime yeah it's kind of bad It's, it's an issue Okay. She finally got me to watch anime. Yeah, by the <laughs> way, it's 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 a new thing. Uh, okay. So as we said before, Annabeth jumps kind of. off, j- kind of, 
it falls off a cliff. And, and so um, basically Percy just, talks to Artemis. She was like, Artemis, it's like, oh, my God, what happened? And then Percy like, tells oh her God. everything, spells all the tea. Yeah. And then uh, Artemis, who is the god of the hunt, sets out to hunt a threatening monster. Like, this is a really, not a manticore, but we'll find out who it, what it is later. Yeah, but we're going to so, say it's a manticore for now. What? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wait, you have a problem with that? No. No Uma. problems. It's okay. It's okay. Uma. It's not a Uma. manticore. But. Uma has all the problems in the world today. And she just... Whatever, I guess. Uh, she puts Zoe Nightshade in charge of... Um, Hunters of Artemis. The Hunters of Artemis, which is... Basically, it's a group under Artemis. And Artemis is sworn to be a maiden, which means she will not marry. And I don't think she will have kids. I think that's what being a maiden means. And she basically has a bunch of hunters under her. Only they're women. all like hardcore feminists, and yeah. they're like immortal girls who yeah who just that you don't have to be immortal to begin with, but yeah, but being you could a become hunter, immortal. So basically, what a maiden means is you will never uh, choose to marry a male, and I don't think you would ever have children. I think that's what a maiden means. So I'm not clear on this, but I think they can marry women. Uh, I think so. I I think it's just no males, or it's like male. There's no males allowed in the group and all of that. I know that. Okay. I want Reyna and Thalia to get married. Yeah, same. I mean, unless they don't want to. But. That's okay. But, like... Yeah. Okay. So, and so, she... And so Artemis puts Zoe in charge, and she tells all the hunters and all the kids to go back to Camp Half-Blood and stays. And Bianca, during this time, so Bianca's Nico's older sister, Bianca she decides to join the hunters of artemis because she's like well, i think this could be really good for me it's like a new it's like the first time i felt super like wanted and everything and like good for her yeah, and, yeah. like honestly but i like, love her decision but there's some people who were not like nico was not the happiest he yeah. was like i mean well, i get supposed it, to do everything together um i get so, it though. but I, I i get it if i i, I wouldn't want a family member going yeah away kind of like joining that. a it's, group where they could but it, it, it's not the safest yeah it's not exactly. the safest thing in the world and also being away from her for that long it's it's hard um so apollo gives them a ride to camp half-blood and thalia's like oh no oh my god i'm afraid of heights but she yeah, tries to drive anyway yeah it's okay so um and which is kind of it's, ironic it's funny Thalia she's is the son uh she's the daughter the, of the daughter of zeus who literally rules the skies yeah. So, uh, Percy and Talia are forbidden. But then again, Percy's afraid of drowning, and he's the son of Poseidon. Yeah, but he like swims and everything. <laughs> okay. Just like. But can... he's still afraid of drowning. Yeah, true. Even though he, he knows he literally, he, can. he literally can't drown. Um. Whatever. Okay. So Percy and Talia are strictly forbidden from attempting to save Annabeth. By the way, Annabeth has not come back. She's still with the Manticore right now. They don't know if she's alive or anything. Yeah. So they're so. like, oh my god, we gotta take every chance we can. But they're not allowed to. Yeah. It's not like that it hasn't stopped them before, but... So uh, Zoe Nightshade has dreams about Artemis being in danger, and Percy has dreams about Annabeth being in danger. So Percy has a dream where Luke kind of tricks Annabeth into holding up the sky. I mean... At first, it appeared as, like, kind of the ceiling of some kind of cavern. Yeah. But then, it was just, like, the burden of the Titan's curse. Yeah. So. Which is, like, um, you, well, you'll learn about that a little later. But, basically, he also learns that Annabeth might join the 
hundreds of Artemis and and okay he kind of he's like oh okay at this point they haven't admitted feelings for each other but you could definitely you feel could it really strongly you could definitely he was like tell. oh I'm so disappointed I literally I don't want her to join at all like obviously he won't he won't admit it he won't admit it be like oh I don't I want her to stay with me yeah I just, basically like what would happen oh she would leave me oh she could never get married to a male oh she could never really have any partners Okay. Okay. Well, I'm definitely not against that idea. You know, I'm definitely not against it. I support her. It's not like you know, in love with her, my soulmate or anything. Yeah. <sighs> what are you talking about, guys? Losers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he turns to the oracle for help, and the oracle doesn't help. Um, the oracle leaves the attic, which the or it never leaves the attic of the big house. So this is so- kind of like whoa. And to give Zoe Zoe Nightshade a prophecy. And so basically Grover, Talia, Bianca, Zoe, and Phoebe, Who who's another, another part of the Hunters of Artemis, go on a quest. And Percy's not in it because the Hunters of Artemis refuse to travel with the male, but like Grover. Yeah, but Grover is like technically, I know a he's satyr. a male, but he's a satyr. So he's I mean, not I like guess a so. human male, you know? Um, Percy really wants to save Annabeth, though he won't admit it. He's like... Annabeth, is she oh, on my no. mind? I don't know. Probably not. Who is they're Annabeth? They're like, is this because you want to save Annabeth or something? And he's and like, he's, like no. he's just like, he he kind of hesitates. He's like, well, uh, well, maybe. Hmm. Okay, I think. the. So basically, okay. I'm trying to say, but because. So he was just kind of vague about that. And then Percy sends a message to his mom, and his mom kind of encourages to, uh, him to do what he thinks is right. Poseidon gives him like a fountain that he could send messages to his family with so he gets in contact with his mom for advice and sally jackson being the queen she is she was like no matter what other people say do what you think is right because that's how i raised you it's like okay queen this is why we love sally jackson yeah so he has another dream about artemis trying to keep annabeth from hold so artemis takes the bird oh my god Artemis takes the burden I'm from Uma from this podcast yes. now. <laughs> Artemis takes the burden from Annabeth, so now she's holding up the sky. Annabeth and isn't killed, but people, the people who uh, captured her, like somebody called the general and Luke, they Luke's ca- there too. They intend to use her as bait because I was just like, bait for very, what? I I think she would just be very important because Percy. I mean they might have wanted like percy jackson when percy jackson goes they might have known that like the hunters of artemis are in on this like literally every time i see luke i'm just like why um so basically now what happens um is percy and blackjack and blackjack is a i'm forgetting the exact name of it it's a yeah uh, i was gonna say hippopotamus but yes so he's a hippocampi i pictured them as like hippopotamus but like with with wings i i pictured them as hippopotamus but like um what's it called what are those oh hippopotamus with seahorse legs like the seahorse thing, so it'd be a hippopotamus from the top, seahorse from the bottom, and they just swim in the okay. ocean like that. Um, yeah. Okay. So Percy and Blackjack rescue an Ophiator, Ophiotaurus, which Percy names Bessie. So he doesn't know. It's like a really, sea cow, basically. Yeah. He he really doesn't know what Bessie is. He's but just like, oh, I you're, you're so you're so cute. I'm gonna name you Bessie. And that was really cute. 
So, yeah, so Percy finds Nico eavesdropping on the hunters before they go off on their quest. And Nico's like, I'm going to try to follow them on the quest. And Percy's like, no, I'm going. So he's like, he kind of bans Nico from going. So Nico can't really go. And and this will play a bigger part a little later. And then he's like, okay, it's okay. I'll protect Bianca for you. And he promises. (laughs) He promises. He's like, I will not let any harm come to Bianca. And, okay, so Percy follows the others, even though it is not his quest, because Sally told him duos, right? He arrives at a museum, and he sees Dr. Thorne, and he overhears him say that Annabeth is alive. He's like, oh, phew, yay! So then Percy follows Dr. Thorne and also sees Luke, who he's seething at, and a man called the General that he has seen through his dreams. The General creates skeleton warriors to kill Zoe and Bianca. But I they forgot catch- what they were called, Spar Toy, or something like that. I don't even try to pronounce them, because I feel like... I'm going to butcher butcher everything. Which is because I'm not American. I mean, I'm Indian. So I've I've heard my fair share of people butchering things. So it just gets kind of annoying. So I want to be like annoying with that. Okay, so what happens is these skeleton warriors basically catch um, Percy's scent instead of Zoe and Bianca's. And so Percy tells the others that he's here and makes them aware of his presence. And they're all obviously angry that Percy followed him. But um, they're like, well, I don't really have that much time to be angry since we're literally yeah. They kind die. of they're kind of be like, oh my god, Percy, why'd you come? And then they're interrupted by yeah a giant lion that attacks them. So Percy finds its weakness and Anemian helps lion. them defeat it. And without Percy, they wouldn't have defeated the lion. So he gains a little more respect from the group. And, and they're like, okay, I guess you can you can come stay. I guess. And, and Zoe rewards him with a protective jacket made of. The lion's mane. That's bulletproof, so you Wait. could see why that would be helpful. Mm-hmm. With the help of Apollo, who told them that someone, he basically said that there was someone that was willing to help them in San Francisco. They go from San Francisco, where Annabeth and Artemis were. They're reside. like, okay, we're sure Annabeth and Ar- Artemis are here. So yeah. along the way, Grover finds evidence of Pan's presence, which is really exciting because grover has been searching for pan for a while and so, basically finding pan is his life dream and life goal yeah i mean he does find pan at one point but then he kind of dies and i'm like oh yeah i'm so sorry and so they're they're attacked by the skeleton warriors as we mentioned before and percy survives because of his jacket so that's really useful and, and during the fight grover gets a gift from pan the um, Aramathian boar, which basically carries them to San Francisco. They arrive at a junkyard of the gods when Percy meets Ares and Aphrodite. And Aphrodite kind of hints at a possible future with Annabeth. At this point, I think a lot of the readers knew that they would become they, romantically affiliated. They, they would end up together. It was it was obvious. Yeah, but, and so basically that's great. And Bianca does try to steal a mythomagic action feature for Nico. This was such a cute scene yeah. because... Even though the scene that followed wasn't very cute at all. But Nico, yeah. when he was about nine or ten years old, he used to play Mytho Magic a lot. He loved those action The way figures. he changed was, it's cool yeah, that like, he, he grew up Nico's and everything and really, found something new. Nico's a really was, interesting character. So, But it was heartbreaking how he changed. And this is why he, he has a very, he's very He's a very interesting character. He has a very interesting backstory. And he's very... His character development tragic. was definitely, yeah... Um, Bianca tries, so they're saying she steals a mythomagic. She tries to steal really one. sweet, really cute, really amazing. But then a giant bronze creature attacks them, and, and Bianca, Bianca fights it knowing 
basically she, sacrificing she herself. She feels that she's responsible. So she sacrifices herself in the process. Which which Percy's like Damn it, uh-oh. now I broke my promise. What's Nico gonna think? And he's also obviously very torn up because someone just died in front of him. And that's never is, a good sight. Yeah. Now, now we could see Thestrals. Yeah. I mean, so basically now I mean, what's happened fandom, but okay. is Uma, let's stop making up worlds. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, so basically now what's happened is this was kind of the start of Nico's character progression. I think his sister's death was is a really kind of was kind of a turning point. Because you can't for even, the worse. If you had told him probably then that he would have ended up becoming an emo pers- an emo dude who was kinda like much of a loner. He doesn't and, he um, pushes all the she she and because of his limits for other people. Experience he has a lot of trouble trusting people now, yeah. and he tends to push other people away, mm-hmm. even though and he started they, they want to be let in. Yeah, he started off as a happy kid who was kind of clingy to his sister and who loved playing with mytho magic. I think um, when his sister died, it was like I feel a like wake up he call he realized that not he's not he's not always going to be protected by everyone. Yeah, like now that his sister died, I think he feels vulnerable. Yeah, to and- everything. And it's also the fact that he won't let anyone get close because of what happened to his sister because something else might happen. But yeah, it is really nice to see. It's a quite heartbreaking story, but it's nice you to, get see to see him uh, let other people close, which is really cute. Like by we'll the, by the, by the end of Heroes of Olympus, he, as you know, probably, he has Hazel now. Yeah. So he's really close with her. Yeah, because he's technically his sister. Technically. I mean, kind of. But they're just honestly really close to each yeah. other. He also has Will. We love Stan yeah. Will. Yeah, uh-huh. And especially Stan Rick for not killing Will. That, Thank that was you. great. Uh, yeah, I don't think Nico could have gone with losing one person that was so close to uh, another person that was so close to him. Okay, so basically after all this has happened, Talia drives the group to a river using a truck they found in the junkyard. And they head to the Hoover they Dam. They head to the Hoover Dam. They find canoes. This was where... Okay, so I don't think this joke is really funny. But it's just more nostalgic. And it's, it's like the, the damn, damn snack bar. bar. Uh, the pun on the word damn, because it's usually spelled D-A-M-N, <laughs> but it's damn because they're at the Hoover Dam. Okay, so Percy gets separated from the group when he hears an Ophi Taurus. Which is obviously Bessie. I didn't. I don't know why I didn't write her name. And he gets attacked by skeleton warriors. He almost kills a mortal, Rachel okay, Elizabeth now, this Dare, is where who Rachel... can see through the mist. This is where Rachel Elizabeth Dare comes in. So she plays a pretty major character. Yeah, definitely later on. Definitely later on, but I feel as though I I like her a lot. Her introduction was actually kind of was it was pretty interesting because you were like, oh my god, a human who can see these monsters and who can see through the mist. Wow, it's not your typical intro. Yeah, and she saves Percy, which is really cool because she's not a demigod or anything, and- which kind of. Is like it's kind of signifying that humans aren't weak. Yeah. Just yeah. They just are oblivious to something sometimes. And she lets him get back to the group. So Percy seeks out Nereus and learns that the monster Artemis, Nereus is basically the person they went to San Francisco for, and learns that the monster Artemis is hunting is Bessie. Remember, Bessie is the Ophiotaurus that I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. I'm, I, apologize if I, I apologize if I'm not. And so this might but, be a little confusing because we said she was hunting a manticore, but as Uma said, it was not really a manticore, but it was an Ophiotaurus named Bessie. 
So Dr. Thorne appears again. And after Percy's like, hold up, what is going on? And he's like, come on, Mr. D, you got to help us. Yeah. And um, Dionysus is the god of wine. And he's hilarious. Yeah. He's just like, okay, Peter Johnson. Okay. Um, Whatever, I guess. Okay. So So then Grover goes back to Camp Half-Blood with Bessie. So, um, so yeah, this is after Percy pleads uh, with Mr. Dionysus to help defeat Thorne. So, yeah, as we said before, go... My God. I cannot talk today. I'm I'm so sorry. I'm here. Um, Grover goes back to camp with Bessie and the rest go see Annabeth's dad, Dr. Chase. So, Dr. Chase lends lends him his car and Percy's just like, I promise to tell Annabeth that. You did this. Because Annabeth is not really close with her parents. She At believes all. that her, his dad really, her dad really has no time for her. So she and ran away her, from yeah. Virginia, which is definitely something. And Doctor Chase just wants her to know that she still has a home there. But and even though Annabeth doesn't really yeah. believe it. Okay, so they get to the Garden of Hesperides in this car, and Zoe finds her sister, but is poisoned by the dragon Laden. So. She's poisoned. She finds her sisters, not her sister. Uh, they find that Artemis is doing Atlas's job of holding up the sky, and they find that Annabeth is held hostage by Luke and Atlas. Atlas is, is the general, I think. Yeah, yeah, he's the person that we've been calling the general up to this point. They also learn that Atlas is Zoe's father. So and basically, a little background on who Atlas is. He is, what's the word for it? I'm forgetting. Um, he's basically one of the big bad guys, like we were talking about. Um, and he kind of has the burden of the Titan's curse upon yeah. him. The Titan's curse is basically... So they had to suppress all these great evils in the Titan War that they fought. Um, I'm forgetting the name of the people that they fought in the Titan War. But they had to suppress these evils in a lot of different ways, and one of the ways was the Titan's curse. The Titan's curse is basically... Um, Oh, they fought the Titans in the Titans War, Parisa. So Atlas is another very um, strong Titan. And basically, the Titans' curse is that they have the pressure to hold up the sky. And they literally cannot get out under it unless someone willingly or unwillingly takes, takes their it. spot. So, um, and Percy before the- he realizes... Sorry, I'm yeah, going to interrupt. Okay. Percy, remember, he had dreams about this. So over here, he realizes those dreams are true. Yeah, so he's basically visions and not dreams. So Percy takes the burden from Artemis. So, you know, now she, Percy's she's holding. Now Percy's holding up the sky. And now all hell breaks loose. They all fight. Um, and this is really sad, but Atlas sure. does kill Zoe. And it hurts because yes. he's her father. Yeah, and Zoe is like, you know, she deserves Isn't some isn't Zoe somehow related to Calypso? Yeah, she is. I think I'm not I'm not sure exactly how, but they are related. Some I saw, sisters I in that. some sort of way. Mm-hmm. Uh um so which is kind of upset because upsetting because Zoe Nightshade, she was such a good character and she did not deserve to go out like that, yeah. especially since Atlas was, you know, her father. And Luke falls into And this is kind of the first time we see something that's like, oh, two deaths in one book. Exactly. Like, there were no deaths before this. This is why the series kind of starts taking a dark return, I think. Not that the series is 
dark. I mean, yeah, it's not. It's but, you not. know, it, it's instead of, oh, everybody makes it out alive in the end. We're all happy and perfect. It's kind of like, it shows bam, that. we're hit with reality. Exactly. It, it was not that this is reality. I more wish, realism but... in the series. So Luke falls into a chasm after a fight with Talia, and Artemis turns Zoe. So they believe that Luke is dead. Yeah. So everyone's like, oh, I guess Luke is dead. And Artemis turns Zoe into a constellation, which is what they do when the hunters die. As like Yeah, Artemis is like, Zoe did well. A signature of respect. And, and one of our It's kind of sisters. her reward. Yeah. Um... So the rest of the group, they all go to Mount Olympus. You know what Mount Olympus yeah. is. So this God is after now. the war and everything. Atlas is once again taken, uh, gone under this guy, and now he's holding up this guy. And Talia agrees to take Zoe's place in the Heroes of Olympus. So now she's a lieutenant. Yeah, of and she's... Heroes of Olympus? Hunters of Artemis? <laughs> Hunters of Artemis. Sorry, someone's not doing so good today. And that you makes her talk about that? that? Yeah, the, and that makes her immortal, meaning she's not the child of the great prophecy. So Paris is like, about. oh no, that means it's me. Yeah, but that changes later, and we'll get to because that because they learn. Um, Percy learns that Luke is alive, so their short-lived kind of happiness, I guess, is, is broken when they kind realize of eliminated. that. Yeah, and they're like, oh no, now what's gonna happen? And with that in mind, the group returns to Camp Half Blood. So Percy tells Nico about Bianca, and over here in our notes, I wrote, "Oh no." Yeah. So and Nico, kind of skeleton, skeleton warriors come to attack them, and everyone's like, "Why are, are the skeleton warriors?" I thought we defeated everyone, and Nico banishes them to the underworld. So he kind of splits the ground open. Nico's really, really angry at Percy at this point. Yeah. Like he's screaming at him. He's like, "I hate you," and. It was just really heartbreaking and all. Yeah, and I, I shed a couple tears on this scene. And then Nico banishes the skeleton warriors back to the underworld. And that basically reveals that he is a son of Hades. And you could see why this is a problem. Because the big three were not supposed to have children. And so then Nico runs away. And they're like, oh no, where is he going? Yeah, because he's literally an extremely powerful kid. And, with he's, only a ten, and he's also only 10 years old. Yeah, exactly. So... Not that he's weak or anything. He's yeah, really strong. But, but he's literally 10 years old. I mean, he's not emotionally developed or physically developed or anything. Yeah. So I didn't even realize that he was 10 years old. I thought a lot of time had passed, but it was really only one year. So you realize this kid has lost everyone. His father doesn't... He's basically forsaken him. I mean, he's not really 10 years old. He's actually really old. Yeah. Because but, he was stuck at the Lotus Casino for a while. But you don't learn about that until a little bit until later. later. But he's technically... he's. Kind but of he's, only li- like lived through ten years. Keep in mind that they're all teenagers. Yeah. Like like think about and Nico Nico's for a second. Youngest by like three years or something. Yeah. By the time um, Blood of Olympus ended, he's he was only fourteen, fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, which so is that was really young. Think about how much he had to endure in those four years since he was from ten to fourteen. And he went from this That's like happy go lucky kid to someone who lost his sister and he ran away and with a whole vengeance. And he blames everyone around him that can't trust anyone and doesn't want to let anyone in because the possibility that they might betray him or lose him. And so this means that there are now two possible heroes of the great prophecy. So now you're left wondering, who is the person that the prophecy is talking well, about? Well, you're not really wondering. It's Percy, obviously. Yeah, I know. Okay. But so there now, was a slight you chance of why that's a problem, Nico. Though. But um, Since I always thought it's it was Percy. Call, it's called Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Why wouldn't it be Percy? But, but Nico's another possibility. Yeah. 
Okay, that was a really long summary, but yeah. now we're going to go Sorry on to like that. the questions. We, it just made it more interesting yeah. if I added in a bunch of the details. So, okay, what do you think questions. of the book's length? Was it too long, too short? So if it was too long, what would you cut out? And if it was too short, what would you add? Well, not a, a lot of Rick Riordan's books, they aren't very long. Yeah, so most of these books, I feel like this one was a really nice length. I don't think there were any unnecessary details. I feel like it could have been a little too short because at the end I was kind of left wondering. But I feel like that was kind of the point. That That's was why there's a series. The allure of the books. So that was my only complaint. But. Yeah, there are just a lot of monsters they have to fight. I mean, some might say that it's unnecessary, Too but you gotta monsters. you you gotta have some setback. Yeah, you can't just you can't just go straight to the plot, and also it makes it really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, so no action book is an action book without some action. Yeah. Okay. So, what character in the book would you most like to meet? Um, I'd say Nico, because. Maybe not now. I mean, maybe now, but maybe a little later. I just want to see. I I know there's a lot going through his head. That's why I really like Blood of Olympus, where we got some of Nico's point of view. But I actually also didn't like it because we didn't get any of Persbeth's point of view. And could there be any more Jason chapters? I <laughs> hate Jason chapters. Okay, I don't hate Jason or anything. Like I love all of them, but just Jason's kind of down low. He's there. like useless, and the amount of chapters he got was definitely not proportionate. It was to his too, need it was in too much. Series. Yeah, just exactly. too much. Um, the character in this book that I would like to meet the most, I think Annabeth, and I'd say that for like most of the books. Besides, maybe I would want to meet Rachel Elizabeth Dare once. Um, I maybe more just biased Percy. towards Nico because he because he's my favorite character. Um, I feel like I would really like to meet Annabeth because me and her would like to get along just because we're both like really book smart and like talking about things like that. And me and Percy, who do you think think I'm most like in the series? I don't know. I'm no, I'm like nobody. Nico, but without the trauma, you're kind of just no, I'm not. I don't, I feel like I'm not like Nico. I I don't know. You're Bianca, you're kind of somebody. I feel like I'd be, I'm antisocial, yeah. That's that's like you're kind of like closed off, but like in a good way, not because of the reasons he's closed off. Yeah, Nico's has completely different reasons, so which are a lot like darker. Darker. So I don't think I would be Nico at all because I'd be making a really big comparison, which I don't want. So I feel like I'd be some kind of hunter of Artemis. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know who I would be. I'm not even gonna try. I, to figure it's it because out. they're independent. You know? Yeah. So I'm not so much closed off. I'm more independent. Exactly. So you don't need other people like around you constantly, which some people do. Uh, it makes some people more social than others. If you could hear the same story from another person's point of view, who would you choose? Annabeth. This story? Seriously? Yeah, because a lot goes down. I would I would hear out, it. Outside of the place, but I'd just like to know what was going yeah. on outside yeah. of the place. I would actually kind of like to hear it from Luke or Atlas's point of view. I would like to hear it from the big grand schemers of this. I would like I, to hear the whole not, series from Luke's point of view, Luke, by the way. Luke's point of view, maybe not this book. I think the last book. Oh. What, yeah. I actually would have liked to hear any of the books from Luke's point of view. I just kind of want to know what he's doing. Or maybe or maybe this first book. Yeah. I think that'd be good for Luke's. I feel like not so much this book, even though he's pretty involved in all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I feel like this is my... F- out of the first three, this one was my favorite out of one, two, and three, I think. My favorite out of all of them was four, though. I, like, I don't know about you. 
okay. I like the last one the best because it was like super actiony and everything. And I'm a sucker. Like the last one, you know, it's gonna be kind of a darker book. I know. When there's it was a character. So good. I know. It was really good. It was my when favorite. there was a character death in the second chapter. That was quite yeah, sad. I was like, oh. Hold on. I mean, I know Beckendorf died. At, at least Selena died with him. Yeah, well, I mean, not with him, sad. but later. Yeah, I mean, I think you meant they were together in death. But it was like, um, yeah. Ouch. Okay, so the, did the characters seem believable to you? Like They're relatable. Okay, so I feel like all the characters, Rick Riordan does a really good job of, like, displaying their emotions throughout the book, which I don't think a lot of other I authors think- do. And they make them believable I was like, kids would feel these emotions. Like, He's really good at kind of capturing the mind of maybe a 12, 13-year-old. Mm-hmm. And the way Nico was spiraling, like, no adult that would have stopped and thought about it would have spiraled this much. But a 10-year-old boy who he, like, Percy made a promise to. And, like, as you get older, you realize that promises aren't absolute. And there's yeah. always something that... So, in a way, he's kind of hitting hitting us with that reality. That promises aren't absolute and you shouldn't really... And that's kind of and dark, I but, like, you like, learn that as you get older. And Nico just didn't, and that's why he started spiraling. And also, I hate to break it off of Nico, but I feel like every one of Rick Riordan's characters have some kind of defining trait. Yes. You know, Percy's is kind of like that guy who's... He's very goofy, he's, but he very has, determined. They have some kind of personality very loyal. that... Loyal is definitely the word for it, and also hilarious too. Yeah, Percy's he's pretty funny. funny. And then Annabeth is like really cunning and really focused, really smart, and quick thinker. So all of these characters have like different, but they're 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 all kind of different. I try to call it like a character spectrum and like a people spectrum, and they're all in different. Um, they all have different slices in the spectrum what did he say the other day we are on the younger spectrum of humans <laughs> whatever what is this i i use okay i make things pie charts in my head because it's fun and easy um did the character um sorry did the reading did reading the book impact your mood yes yes it did Quarantine i was kind of in a somber really after i read this just because like all the deaths and nico at the end it was, was like just really like, emotional it, it had me thinking you know yeah what kind of you... quarantine was kind of a really is is a very dull time for everyone. I actually liked the um, first I... season of quarantine. Yeah, it was same. one of my favorites. Well, the first month, the first season, I called it. Mean? You know, like <laughs> season of whipped coffee, season of a bunch of TV shows, seasons like that. Uh, what did you think of the author's writing style? I love it. Literally, that's I do. All. It, it's kind of it's very modern. Yeah, and. It's how a normal kid would talk these days. Yeah, so I mean, he captured all of that, and I think it's good, and it wasn't forced with, like, slang and stuff. So that's it for this week's episode. Socials will be linked in the uh, description, and yep, bye. Bye.